Greetings and welcome to TW Now. Glad to have you with us today. I'm Jonathan McNair. In his 1970 book, Future Shock, Alvin Toffler wrote about information overload, as he called it. Uh, today, almost 50 years later, the amount of information that, that washes over us every day would have been hard to imagine in 1970. Yet here we are with more information spilling into every corner of our life. Uh, is it even possible to cope and possible to keep our sanity? Or will we be overwhelmed with this, this sea of knowledge that we face every day? I'd like to welcome our guests today that will discuss this challenge and this issue. First of all, I want to welcome Mr. Wallace Smith. Glad to have you with us. Oh, you bet. I wanted to give a, a plug. Mr. Smith actually has an upcoming booklet. Can I say that or is it top secret? No, feel free. Okay. Uh, he has a, a, a booklet that's coming up about evolution that's coming up here within the next six months. So stay tuned. Um, right about six months, five months, eight months. Yeah, hopefully so. Two yeah. years. Yeah, with it, yeah. With it, okay. By the end of the year. By okay, the end of the by year. the end of the year. So I wanted to give an advanced plug for, for that. Also, Mr. Mike DeSimone, glad to have you with us. Thank you. And also wanted to give for a, a plug to, to Mr. DeSimone. If you haven't looked at it yet, he actually has a little a timeline of some of the time events in the book of Revelation and so if you haven't looked around on our, our, uh, our site there uh, make sure you look for that timeline and play it really fascinating I think you'll enjoy it so good job on that good. Uh, glad to have you with us today thank you so let's get to the issue at hand so let's talk about uh, TMI I you know <laughs> teenagers use the term TMI maybe adults too but too much information you know, when right. you're talking about something like, too much information but in reality, we, we face too much information in our daily lives. Um, what are some of the, the symptoms that you gentlemen have found in your lives hmm. of this information overload? Uh, who's first here? What do you, well, you know, for sure right now we've got, I mean, the internet. The internet in the past whatever 20-something years has just blown up. I mean, and uh, the information available on it, you know, it can be difficult to, you know, sort through and to organize to to know what to read what not to read what to spend time on what not to spend time on you know computers we've got our cell phones that are computers mm -hmm. now I mean um, it, it's all available right in front of us all the time yeah I almost feel like it's a, it's a world designed particularly to distract me. Mm. Uh, I know my wife accuses me of having squirrel disease, uh, like, like a dog, you know, he's, he's got his attention on something until a squirrel goes by and it's like, oh, you know, it's a squirrel. And the internet is fantastic at feeding me squirrels. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I shouldn't have put it quite that way, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, my newsfeed on my phone constantly, you know, it's tailored for the, the, the news I want to hear about. Even Google searches, it's a, it's a standard of research now really it is who, who doesn't go to Google first when they're trying to do some research mm -hmm. uh, and yet every result I see you know it's like oh I'd kinda like to read that or I'd like to read that it's like there's really no end to it and I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing uh, but that is what I see in my life I've found far more than even ten years ago I'm having to sort through it's like a, it's like an embarrassment of riches in terms of resources uh, that are just at our fingertips you know even even emails I mean we talked about right. that up a little bit we talked right. about information so we can we can dig through right. these amazing it's almost like an encyclopedia sure. of information I used to love to go to the to the library library uh, as a kid and just browse, you know, browse the yeah. shelves because they have right. all these books, these fascinating different topics and magazines and, but 
now we can do it right from our even our even our phone. But right. but but that's one part. But but the email deluge right. also is a big issue. Do you find this sure. with me? Uh, I'm not sure if you find the same thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, email boy, that that can run your life if you let it run your life you know we it could be your to-do list for the day if you let it be you know work that way um, which counters productivity in a lot of cases you know I mean you need email to get things done to to move forward to communicate with people mm -hmm. but um, it can really be a problem in terms of uh, productivity I saw when we were talking about the show and I looked up on Google mm -hmm. uh, email and mm -hmm. saw and saw a quote or maybe it was an article that said that most people spend what was it 6.3 mm -hmm. hours a day answering email I, I find that's that's hard to grasp, but yeah. I mean, I guess it because it's it's part of our work for many people, part right. of your working world. So it's uh, it's a it's certainly a huge yeah, amount. You know, and really, is it is it answering? I mean, if it's dealing with email, I do find that pretty easy to believe. I know, and of course, I'm an editor, so I'm constantly getting you know submissions and such. But not really just that. Even today, knowing that we were going to be doing this this program today, um, one of my favorite subscriptions, uh, a news subscription, sent an email. It's a newsletter. I'd actually prefer that versus the phone, the newsfeed. Mm. And they had 17 different articles listed. And I admit every one of them had a title I wanted to I wanted to click yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, but you can't possibly. Yeah, but I can't possibly do that. And the thing is, it's daily. Tomorrow there's going to be another you know another list. And and yet, if I let that go off my screen, it doesn't take long because I'm constantly getting email. I got to the point where I have to I have to stay. I was it was a dream to get an iPhone mm. at the time, you know, and spend time with it, have instant access to everything. And yet now I I want to stay away from. It. I want to put it in a different room because there really is so there's contact is just is just constant and it's instantaneous uh, and yeah it's, it's quite a deluge. In uh, 2015 just a little infographic that um, on a, a website I saw um, 206 billion emails per day uh, that are that are exchanged and in 2017 so you can see the 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 increase 269 billion so you know that's a, what a quarter increase something right. like that you know so the, and it's only going up so it's a, like you said, an embarrassment of riches or embarrassment right. of choices. Mm -hmm. so we have so right. many choices that uh, that face us today in terms of the information that that's available to us, but not just available to us, but coming at us sure. in a right. way. Would you agree? And this is why we're doing the program th that that it's it becomes like a, a tsunami or like a fire hose <laughs> where it's it it's it's at us. So much that it actually increases stress levels, uh, frustration levels. Um, would you agree? Is how? Did, what would you say? Yeah, you know that, that's interesting. There's a there was a, res a study done by Pew Research that um, most people think they can handle the this deluge of information well and the times that they get especially stressed is when um, let's say in school in their business requires them to uh, gain a lot of information kind of bring it in uh, into their choices right. um, and you know hey who's not in school who's not in a company who's not doing something you know uh, the banks require it the government requires it so the information when they're required to gather all this information is especially when they feel stressed about it mm -hmm. interesting so we're so we're talking about the problem a little bit and for the sake of our audience to bring our audience in a little bit um, uh, probably not something that anyone who's watching is unfamiliar with yeah. uh, we all we all battle this information overload issue um, so it's not not 
anything new in, in that regard, but uh, problems are created. And that's, that's, that's where the issue strikes home. Um, and by the way, if you have any questions or you'd like to add something to what we're talking about here, uh, what I'd ask you to do is to go ahead and put a note in the, in the, the question bar there, in the comment bar. And what we're going to do today is uh, something a little bit different. We're going, to, we're going to try a new wrinkle, and that is that after our uh, half an hour program, we're going to have a special bonus section where we're going to look at, uh, take a moment and look at the questions that came in and see if we can go ahead and, and deal with uh, just the questions and discuss those questions in a, a segment that is an add-on to what we're doing today and uh, so go ahead and uh, put your questions in and we'll we'll make that part of that program so but thanks for participating so again something's our audience deals with just like us right what are some of the problems that we are facing because of the information overload well, it's it is stressful. On one hand, it's not like I can truly leave my email. I can't I can't truly leave Google. It's it's really a part of my work. I, I do a lot of research. I'm communicating with a lot of people, and suddenly it's like the the dilemma of selling jam at. Sam's Club or one of these large uh, uh, big box sort of stores. They've done studies that show say if you only offered three or so jam samples eh, people will taste them and they might they might buy one. But if you offer 40 samples or more ironically with greater choice people actually buy fewer mm -hmm. because it's so stressful to pick out well which one do I really want and if I get this one well, here's this other one I didn't try and this other one I didn't try and so with that fire hose constantly bringing so much news it's, it seems feels like a moment by moment choice should I listen to this should I read that should I read that and if I don't it's gone forever yeah. right it's gone forever it's not like the newspaper is still gonna be there it's an email it's a link and it's don't get me wrong first world problems I don't mind dealing with that versus yeah. some other things but it is it does add some stress yeah. I think it creates a sense of uh, of missing out a fear of missing out you f you feel like because you can't you can't possibly take this you know fire hydrant you know stuff coming at you there's water coming at you like that you can't possibly drink it all in mm -hmm. and you feel like what you have missed you're missing out on something right uh, and then you can't you don't you don't have the time to determine then the quality so here you have all these different choices you can't take the time to think well is this source really better than that source you know you want to go ahead and decide quickly and, and move on and if you don't make a decision well you may miss out and that's got to move on someplace else so just stressful you know one other uh, or a couple other problems with uh, you know that this causes us to face is uh, you know let's say in businesses and, and competition you know trying to to work amongst uh, all the other competition that's out there and you know competition of information really mm -hmm. uh, in that way uh, the medical industry as an example um, you know with with so much information and whether it's competition or not, just uh, let's say electronic files on uh, their patients. The practitioners, they have about 50,000 data points that they, right. uh, that they have that they need to kind of sift through. But it's not possible for right. a human to go through that effectively and efficiently, yeah. um, which is a problem to make yeah. decisions. That's part of why they have Watson, the artificial intelligence right. computer, so that's processing all these studies, all these medical research, because yep. no doctor can truly keep abreast of right. every study that's being done now. Mm -hmm. So they have Watson, this artificial intelligence, going through and, in a sense, reading all the studies to bring it all together, because you realize there's gonna be some major study about how to cure some disease with such and such chemical that you just didn't, didn't have the chance to get to. Sure. So. Yep. Another uh, thing, you know, that I think about in regard to this is um, 
all of these opinions that are out there that, that we're now exposed to in a way that really wasn't the case 50 years ago, mm -hmm. right? So now, we, we, of course, the internet is really the, the key to that. Uh, opinions, ideas that just anybody who wants to put something up there, it now becomes uh, weighted almost the same as uh, right. you know, anything else that has prov been proven over history. Yep. You know, for thousands right. of years. Yeah. People don't have to really earn a spot to display their information <laughs> right. in the world anymore. Because you know? you're there. Yeah. You used to be had to find a major publishing house, et cetera. Right. And now you can actually publish yourself uh, or just throw up a website. Sure. And that website comes to people just as it easily as, as something else. Right. Yes. And it's isn't, like, isn't it ironic to have the same value? Right. It's based on our, our, our quest and our, our need, our uh, passion, our curiosity for knowledge, for right. more and more knowledge. But mm -hmm. isn't it interesting that... Um, Originally, Adam and Eve were right. told by God, look, um, this is the tree you shall not take from, and the rest of the trees you can have, but this one you shall not, not take the fruit from that tree. And what did they want? They wanted to know what that tasted like, what right. that was about. And it was the tree and of the knowledge of good and evil. <coughs> it was really a tree that, in a sense, offered a broad realm of knowledge, right. but it's a mixture of such. It's not, it's not guaranteed to be good. It's more... Yeah. But it's not necessarily better. And it's, it, it's, it really it symbolizes our constant quest to have more knowledge, mm -hmm, right. even to our own, our own detriment. detriment. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, all knowledge is not necessarily good. All knowledge, all knowing, all, all our, what we find, what we are told is not necessarily accurate. Right. And it becomes confusing. It becomes yeah. overwhelming. You know, anything we, we, we want, to, want to, to, any problem that we face today, it seems like it almost... It's hard to know who to believe anymore mm -hmm. because right. there's this overwhelming, you know, tsunami of, of information. You need to have a, a filter, really, a you know, worldview filter that helps you kind of analyze that and, and think through the information. In, Let's, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to talk about some, some solutions for the sake of our audience here. Uh, we're going to talk about some suggestions for, uh, for actually dealing with it. Um, before we do... I, I want to talk a little bit about the impact on families. Mm. Um, I was reading something not long ago where <clears throat> the author was, was actually talking uh, about how cell phones and, how, and the, the constant addiction to cell phones and uh, having something new, whether it's an email or a, a, a tweet or a news item, which is something we, we can get locked into where we think, well, we're, we're just watching the news and that's all very productive, but we become so addicted to right. the, the next new thing. And frankly, even emails. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, boy, it's hard to not look at my phone to see if there's another email. Right. It's almost like, you know, is this an important one? Have I won the, lot, the email lottery, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what the author was saying was that it's actually not just a kid problem, but it's a parent mm -hmm. problem mm -hmm. because parents right. are so tuned in to their devices right. that they're distracted. So it's, they should actually call it distracted parenting, hmm. where they're not actually paying attention to their kids with their whole focus. Um, is that something that uh, you could comment on in terms of the impact on families yeah. and relationships? Well, in terms of distracted parenting, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear exactly what you were saying. I was checking my text. <laughs> uh, you know, in terms of distracted parenting, I, I, I definitely could see that. And I have been at times a distracted parent. We used to, the kids 
years ago, I'm sure I'm much better now, but years ago we were joking about taking a family picture and one of the kids said, hey dad, you ought to hold your, your laptop up so the picture gets the back of the laptop because that's what you look like oh, all the time. Said, yeah, ouch. that was a burn. That was, <laughs> that was pretty rough. Um, but that said, I also see, and really still related to that, yeah. no, it, is the example we set. Mm -hmm. In that yeah. if we're trying to teach our children to filter their information, not spend so much time just out looking for, for new information because you'll never run out, then we can't be doing the same thing. You yeah. know, to be on our phone and then tell the kids, hey, don't spend so much time on your phone right. uh, because you're, you're just then reproducing. In fact, you're reproducing them in an age far younger than it was for you. I wasn't 14 years old when I got into this, right, because the technology wasn't there. Yeah. You know, it's, we talk about the dangers of, of uh, distracted driving mm -hmm. where right. we're with, on a cell phone and you have an accident, distracted right. driving. But is it not just as dangerous if we're practicing distracted parenting. We're not paying sure. attention to our kids. You know, there's a, there's a crucial time to raise them the way they, you know, need to be raised to instill some of those values in them and teach them how uh, to work in life. And, uh, you know, that that's important, you know. And I'll tell you, I've found myself, you know, I, I saw something uh, the other day. It said about 11, uh, let's see, um, 20-something uh, percent of fee people find themselves kind of checking their email on the sly with their family, you know, kind of, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh -huh. you know, someone's talking, there's conversation going on, and they're like, you know, they're in their phone like that. And, uh, you know, you have to be careful. And th you're right about example. That will impact them. You know, uh, let's take it one step further. We're talking about within families. But do you think that uh, that uh, harms relationship between people, hmm. between even in interactions? Uh, have you ever had a situation? I, I'm I'm leading you on because I certainly have had this where we're actually uh, have a, having a conversation with someone or with them, and about half the time that you're with them, maybe even in a, uh, in, a in a meeting or or even just talking with them, having a meal together, and they're constantly checking mm -hmm. their 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 phone, mm -hmm. or they are paying attention to um, maybe the the the, the text messages or something right. that little the, the message they get from their phone and I, I find it personally very an annoying and discourteous you know right. but but I find at the same time I can fall prey to the same type of thing if I'm not careful so right. hey, what about interpersonal relationships what do you what do you think any uh, experiences or thoughts along those lines when yeah when you're with someone you're right it's time to not be focused on on the uh, you know, on your phone, or generally it's the phone that you're focused on, you know. Right. Uh, it's, it's the computer you have with you. That's right. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. There are probably going to be those times where uh, there's not necessarily an emergency, but times when you're on alert and your responsibility is to the person on the other end of the line. Maybe you're waiting for some sort of news about something. Uh, but on the other hand, yes, because I, that feeling, and I, I say this as a uh, recipient of that, but then also as someone who has done this mm -hmm. to others and had to be informed, might be my wife, maybe not, but <laughs> had to be informed. <laughs> and that is that, yeah, if you're constantly looking at your phone, then essentially you're saying, well, you know, your time is worth my time yeah. unless something better really does come along. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of actively monitoring to what see if be. something <laughs> better comes along. And who, yeah, who, who wants to hear that? I, I don't Clearly hear that. you're not worth it. And time. you might think, well, that's not what I mean, but it doesn't make a difference. That's, that's still, right. still the way it comes, mm -hmm. comes across. What about our, our frankly our understanding our ability to think right does does this flow of this this uh, tsunami of information 
that hits us, that we have access to, mm -hmm. do you think that impacts our ability to, to actually think clearly and deeply about, about life, about things? Surely the, the access that we have to it will shallow our, our thinking. You know, if we don't take time really, you know, whenever that is, at night, allow ourselves to have time without it, you know, a device in our hands, um, it creates, it can, I imagine, create a shallowness of, of thinking. Yeah, I, I, I would have to think so. And I, even if I examine myself, I feel like, think of some of the great thinkers of the past or those who, you know, say, founded our country or some of the philosophers that, that people have learned from or some of the uh, historians and analysts. If you go back several hundred years, yeah, they certainly had resources. Did they have it constantly flowing in? Or did they have the time? Did they take the, well, that's what we're talking about. Is there a need to carve out time? Because they only had, say, one newspaper a week, perhaps, or even a day. You know, it's the, the printing press cranking something out in your old town. You have the chance to read that, but then actually mm -hmm. think about Analyze it all day. It, and actually yeah. talk with mm -hmm. your family about it or talk with your friends around a ye old drinking hole mm -hmm. or wherever it is. And you're actually processing the information. Whereas the equivalent, I could spend these days all day on the same news item that I would get from the old newspaper yeah. and get the headline, the, the CNN's take, Fox News's take, MSNBC's take, and everybody's take. a lot of little data The points. different, and then, oh, I bet on Twitter this is all the rage. And you go out and sure enough, you're seeing a lot of people discussing it. And all I'm really doing is collecting the first order of information. I'm not taking the time to actually quietly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. think about it or process it with someone else. And how can that not produce a shallowness? Uh, I would say it probably has to. What about for our, our kids? Is there an impact? Do you think if it impacts us, where we have all the access to all this information, and we're constantly uh, trying to grab another piece and right. get, have the you know the dopamine fix in our brain with some right. new piece, um, what is that? What about our kids? Are they are they subject to the same thing? And do you think it's going to have a long term effect on on their thinking? But if we're saying it doesn't, if we don't take the time mm -hmm. to think, right. What about uh, young people whose whose brains are still developing? Right. So I, I think one of the uh, uh, you know studies indicate that it reduces attention span mm -hmm. as well. So being able to just sit and take in information, you know, still taking in information, uh, let's say, but it, but it can be reduced. Even reading a book is much different than sitting on the computer and you know watching videos and taking all mm -hmm. this information in. Um, th there's way more that goes on in the mind. It's very helpful to the mind. It creates a, a imagination in the way that you know YouTube videos don't do. Mm -hmm. Right. Even it, we used to, my family used to drive to Kentucky from Texas every summer, and it was a long trip and would be somewhat boring. I'd bring a book, but other than the book, I had a pillow in the back because seatbelts and all the rest. You know, all that was a little different back then. And you know, with my children, that we had to keep in mind, we go on a lot of long trips. There's something about that time when you really don't have anything to do, even with the radio off, because if you turn on the music, it's kind of another form of information you don't have to think. Mm -hmm. And there's time when you're almost blessed with boredom to the extent that there's nothing else to do. You're going to process something. You're going to think about something. And all the more I feel like as a child, I needed that time. I almost learned to process then. I learned to turn a thought over in my mind. If I haven't learned it by then, now at 48, I'm, I'm probably doomed. <laughs> so, I mean, to answer your question, I can't imagine it not having an effect. If a child has grown up with nothing more than being fed information, constant nonstop with very little time to practice 
thinking about it, talking mm -hmm. with others about it, evaluating it, then yeah, it, it can only be detrimental. Mm -hmm. we're, we're actually starting to get into some of the, the solutions a little bit. And rec we recognize uh, folks in our audience, uh, we're scratching the surface. This is yeah, sure. this is the topic that's been written about in, in magazine articles and books and newspapers uh, for a long time and will continue to be. You have to wonder about the future of future shock. What will it be 10 years from now or 20 years from now? We, we, who knows where this will go? But we talked about a bit about the problem and about the reality, I should say, of this information overload. We've talked about the fruit of it, um, but I want to take the last segment here and talk a little bit about, okay, so what are the principles, what, what biblical principles, mm -hmm. what, what can we uh, recommend to our audience as we wrestle with this ourselves as parents? Uh, also recognizing that that it's we, we like to have information that's right. not information of them by itself is not bad but right. what what do you suggest that we do as strategies um, what would what would you recommend well as far as a biblical principle I think that's overarching um, that I think is really critical to it uh, to this this problem that we face is Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. Making sure that God is first in our life. That's the key thing. We can be consumed and distracted so much that we, we actually forget what's first. Right. right. Putting Him first, knowing what our purpose is in life, why we're here, why we right. exist, can really help I say filter. I mean, it would be a, it's a filter in a way. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'm not going to spend my time on this. I'm not going to spend my time on this. I'm going to spend the time on things that help me toward this goal, toward this purpose. Right. Proactive thinking about yes, what we're doing. It's very much proactive time. versus right. letting everything bombard you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in terms of biblical principles, what you see emphasized in Bible is the importance. We talk about uh, Bible study and prayer, uh, but also meditation. Mm -hmm. But meditation not in the sort of Eastern mysticism mm -hmm. sense where you're trying to empty your mind of all things, but actually more in the sense of what it, what it means in the original languages is turning something mm -hmm. over in mm -hmm. your mind. And it was a little easier back then when perhaps you're, you're working the farm, so you're, you're plowing and you don't have more information, you're just thinking about the information you'd heard earlier or something. And so in our day and age, we actually have to protect ourselves for that. I think if you want to preserve the biblical virtue in your life of meditation, then trying to put safeguards around you, put a hedge around particular times, maybe certain times of day or certain areas of your life, just to make sure you actually have the time to do so. In other words, taking making taking steps to focus. Active say. steps, sure. yes. We, in other words, multitasking truly is a myth, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're only going to be doing one thing at a time. That's it right. just depends if we're going to do it in a distracted way. That's right. You, you may be switching between tasks and, uh, you know, ultimately be less effective and efficient that way, but uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so those are some kind of overarching things, but just uh, in terms of some practical steps uh, that can be taken, you know, one is, is filters, filters on your email, filters on your news feed, filters right. in whatever way. Mm -hmm. Another uh, is, you know, honestly, I, I know, and not, none of this stuff, am I, am I perfect at at all? You know, it's just uh, uh, remotely, but things I've thought about over time, and that is, uh, you know, turning off notifications. I, I've read that that is very helpful. And I've found that to be super helpful. You know, so I'm not every notification about something is not just popping up when I'm trying to get something done. Right. Um, uh, there, there's uh, a lot of different steps you can take. Planning, planning ahead of time. 
mm-hmm. what you want to do, what you want to spend so your we time. Guard our, so we guard our time. Yeah, guarding our time. Right. Back to that. I find, I like the term, it's going to sound like a terrible term for those who've never heard it before, but I like uh, uh, brain hacking, mm. which does sound awful. <laughs> but I do like you hack a computer. Well, if you know how your brain works, yeah. Then hacking is often just finding a shortcut or something, and so part of while I will allow on my my Chrome browser all these tabs to build up, because I'll see a link that something about say uh, something happened in Israel recently. Oh, I want to read that later. So I'll, instead of just clicking on it, because I can click on stuff all day, I'm supposed to be doing something. Mm-hmm. I'll right click so it opens a new tab. So it, it's I, I know okay it's there. It's not going away, but the thing is, once I close that browser, if I actually truly close it, it's all going to go. So one of the, the brain hacks I'd read about that I appreciate is, uh, well, I have an app. I'm not going to advertise the app. I don't know if it's, if it's good or bad. It, they could send all your information to the mafia. I have no idea. But for me, it's, it's a good, it's a plug-in for Chrome that at the end of the day, I click it, and every open tab I had gets collapsed and gets put into a list. And then later I can decide or process, do I actually want to go read all those? Is it worth the time? And it's, it's sort of a brain hack in the sense it gives me permission to let something go. It, I put it off to a time when I'm actually going to evaluate it or not. And actually the, the, the thing I brought today, I have notes, is a, one of these little books like you can get at a bookstore or something. It's just a bunch of blank pages. I actually keep this open by my computer. And if something's really distracting, like there's a YouTube video that just looks like, oh boy, that looks fantastic. I gotta watch that. There's a cat and it's doing something funny. <laughs> I can actually note in here, cat video. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like cats all that much, but still, you know, cat video, yeah. and it kind of gives me permission. And then I can just keep working, and then later on, it's like, cat, oh, that was hilarious. I can watch it or I can scratch through it, but yeah. something that gives you permission to put something off till a time when you're willing to evaluate new information so you can stay focused on the, the task at hand. You know, uh, another one uh, is to to think about what you do want to read yeah. and mm. uh, what you do want to spend time on. I know uh, years ago my uh, the boss for, for a company I used to work for um, he asked me if I read that memo that he uh, that he issued you know and why I was doing something <laughs> a certain way and you know why I was still doing it this way when he had issued this memo I said well I didn't read the memo I didn't know I you know I, I got the memo I just right. didn't read it yeah. and uh, so you know reading what uh, your boss puts out there mm, that yeah. that's important so you know, we're talking re- reading we're, what, right really yeah. in a sense it's about organizing isn't it and, yeah. and, that, and that's actually a godly principle first mm. Corinthians 1433 mm. right. the, 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 uh, the encouragement is to do things decently and in order right. yeah. so mm-hmm. for us to organize our lives and, and even more so when we're faced with uh, mm-hmm. a challenge like this is, is actually a godly principle. Right. So we're, we're actually not, we're being proactive, mm-hmm. setting right. our priorities in a godly way right. and uh, as opposed to just reacting to this, this flood of information. Right. Trying to do what Paul says, to redeem the time. Sure. You've only redeem got so time. much time. Yeah. So just make sure it's packed with value. We're blessed with information. That's fine. Then, then go through it well in an organized kind of way. What's yeah. worth reading and what's, and what's not? Absolutely. Absolutely, and using it in the right way it can be a real blessing. Right. Thirty I mean, second. Be a real thirty blessing. second wrap up. Last thoughts. You uh, get this is the the pressure to say the something. Pressure brilliant time the to end, say right. a brilliant thought to wrap up in. Mm. All right. Uh, Take the time to look at what resources are out there to actively filter your information flow. And then decide on those times in the day when now I'm open to broad reading versus I'm focused on work and I just make it an active management situation. Okay. Uh, be careful. Know what your purpose is. Know what you're here for. And, you know, don't be driven by it. 
Mm. You need to drive it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, again, a big topic, uh, a challenge that we all face on a, on a daily basis. Um, but uh, as you can see, we wrestle with some of these topics as you do. And we appreciate you taking the time to sit in with us as we do wrestle with these, these, uh, the, the topics. And also, we seek to apply godly principles to the challenges that we face in life. And I uh, hope that you will as well. Thank you very much for being with us here on TW Now. And we look forward to being with you next week. If you do have questions that you'd like to submit for consideration, we'll, uh, at the end of this program, we will go ahead and add a bit of a, a bonus section that we'll, uh, we'll use as the time to, to wrestle with those questions. Thanks for being with us. Have a good week.